Okay, good afternoon. Wednesday afternoon. Gabe DeArmond, Gerard Hamilton here. Power Mizzou Live. We're going to talk a little a little Mizzou Vandy, probably a little Mizzou South Carolina. Gerard's going to give us his list of offensive coordinator candidates for Missouri coming up. And uh, and we'll get to all that. We'll have Caleb Alexander from GamecockScoop.com joining us to preview uh, the South Carolina side of things here shortly. Before we do that, I always like to remind you guys of the guy that's making this show possible. That is James Carlton with James Carlton State Farm. You can get in touch with him at carltoninsurance.net. You can get in touch with him on the phone at 314-961-4800. There's a Facebook page there as well. So any way you reach out to James, uh, certainly we would appreciate it. He will appreciate it as well. He wants to see if he can save you money on your insurance needs. And also, if you mentioned that you heard about it on Power Mizzou, he is going to donate $20 to Mizzou's uh, NIL Collective Advancing Missouri Athletes. So that is a win for you guys. It's a win for James Carlton. It's a win for Mizzou. And it's a win for us because James sponsors this show. So we appreciate him doing that. As promised, uh, we told you we were going to have a third guy on this show. That is Caleb Alexander from Gamecock Scoop. Dot com. He is now on the bottom of your screen. Caleb, what's going on, man? We're just going to, we're flying blind and trusting that you can hear us. I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> we're good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How's, how's everything? I'm doing great. I mean, uh, South Carolina is coming off of a four game win streak for the first time since 2013. So it's at least a little bit more fun uh, with the yeah. fan base right now. Yeah, um, we can't really identify with fun and happy times uh, right now, but like this is going to sound worse than I mean it to sound. But how is South Carolina five and two? Because I, I look at the talent, I look at the stats, and I don't really think they should be five and two. But they're five and two, and they've got a couple of pretty good wins. Yeah, I mean, there's been a little bit of injury luck lately, right? You get Kentucky without Will Levis. Um, you get Texas A&M's second-string quarterback and then their third-string quarterback about uh, the first couple minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, but honestly, I think they've been playing pretty solid defense. Uh, they've gotten some help on special teams throughout several of their wins this season, including an opening kickoff return last week against Texas A&M. And they're doing enough on offense. The offense is still definitely... Shaky Spencer Rattler hasn't necessarily been um, the savior maybe that uh, Gamecock fans hoped or whatever. But um, at the same time, Marshawn Lloyd has come on strong as a running back. And when they lean on the running game, it seemed to work in some key spots. Caleb, for, <clears throat> Caleb, for I guess, fans or you know, football fans who haven't watched South Carolina football, you know, what does this offense look like? You know, what is Shane Beamer and these guys trying to do offensively? You know, with Spencer Rattler, is it, is it more pass to run, run to pass? What type of formations can we expect? Yeah, so, I mean, the offense has been a little bit of an enigma uh, throughout the year so far, and I think it's got a lot of South Carolina fans pulling their hair out. Um, despite being 5-2, and two, there's still a lot of people on our message boards that are kind of um, complaining about the offensive coordinator. And I think it is because it's hard to tell on a game-to-game -game basis what they do want to do. Um, they talked up that they were going to run the ball against Texas A&M. And then for those of you that didn't see that game, um, early on in that game, South Carolina gets a fumble or a, a interception return down to the five and tries to throw it on three straight passes, gets no, uh, no yardage and has to settle for a field goal there, which seems like a, an opportunity to maybe, you know, lean on your running game there, but whatever. Um, so there's just been a lot of like questionable moments, I guess, up and down. 
But for the most part, um, when they've had success, it has been through the run game, through with Marshawn Lloyd, a little bit of Christian Smith, who's a transfer from Wake Forest, and then some sort of timely passing from Spencer Rattler on uh, third down, uh, leading receiver though, thus far as Antoine Wells Jr., who had a really big game against Arkansas and then has just been kind of a solid possession uh, receiver since then. He's usually the first guy that um, Rattler is looking for through most of the game so far. So, Caleb, I, I mean, listening to you describe kind of the way that uh, that South Carolina has gotten here, I mean, it sounds like a guy with the last name of Beamer would be the head coach of that team, right? Uh, I mean, Beamer Ball got got pretty famous. I, it, I I haven't watched, obviously, every game. From what I've watched, the approach kind of seems to be, hey, we're going to just – we're going to be steady, we're not going to beat ourselves, and we're going to wait for you to beat yourself. Um, and that, that actually, I think is a way better approach than it sounds like, because a lot of college football teams beat themselves, including Missouri in almost every game. I mean, is, is that kind of a fair assessment that like South Carolina, just, they don't make a lot of mistakes and and they wait on you to make mistakes. Yeah. So, I mean, the concerning thing is that they're trending in a similar direction to last year, where while they are near the top of the SEC in turnovers caused, they're also near the top of the SEC uh, in their own turnovers. Um, so I wouldn't say that they're playing like super clean. And honestly, if they would have played a little cleaner the last two games, those scores would have been a little bit more lopsided because they are causing turnovers on defense, taking advantage of um, special teams. And, and, and special, special teams is something that they spend a whole lot of time on. Um, you will find starters on defense, starters on offense that are playing special teams. And, and in fact, some of the players have kind of spoken about it in press conferences throughout the year that they make special teams fun. Like a lot of the players uh, that would that you wouldn't expect to normally get time on special teams are like asking if they can find a role for them on special teams. Um, in fact, last, last week, um, Tonka Hemingway, who is the starting defensive tackle. He's had a great um, two or three game stretch here. He made a big tackle on a blocked PAT um, last week that kind of sealed the deal where if Texas A&M would have taken that back, it would have only been a seven point game instead of a two score game there at the end. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree that they're being opportunistic on defense and that they are using special teams as a true like difference maker because they're assuming that most teams aren't spending as much time on it as they are. Um, but they do need to clean up their own turnovers on offense, especially Spencer Rattler's had several, several fumbles and he's made some kind of questionable throws, although that's gotten a little better the past couple games. Caleb, can you uh, talk about South Carolina secondary and, and someone I, I, I saw just watching the highlights of, of, of the game last week versus A&M was Darius Rush. Is that, is that his name? He's one of those uh, defensive players that are playing special teams. I noticed he had the interception and then he forced a fumble uh, on the on the punt. You know, is he one of those key players? Because Mizzou's, I think Mizzou's strongest point of the defense is their secondary, as far as most consistent group, I guess. Is that the same for South Carolina? Who, who should we expect to look out for? Yeah, so really the uh, secondaries come along lately. So early in the season, there were a lot of injuries in the secondary. So you had Cam Smith, who's probably going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. Most teams are going away from him. Um, 
understandably so on one corner and then that's opening up teams to kind of try to test Darius Rush and so far he's ridden risen to the challenge he had a almost pick six last week against Texas A&M and then I think the biggest factor on how well they've been playing lately is they had two freshman safety that had to safe safeties that had to kind of step in early in the season and now that they've got some experience in Nick and Mori who actually took over on the first drive of the of the season because um, R.J. Roderick, who just entered the transfer portal last week, uh, got injured on that first drive. And then D.Q. Smith is another freshman uh, that's kind of stepped in, stepped in at safety. Now it's been a minute since they've played a team with an experienced quarterback that can kind of test them. So, I mean, I, and I don't know if Mizzou, Mizzou necessarily fits the bill on that either, but I, I could see them struggling, you know, later in the schedule when they have to play Tennessee. Of course, everyone struggles against Tennessee. Um, but yeah, for the most part, they've been really solid there. And another guy that's kind of um, stepped into the nickel role is David Spaulding, who was injured early in the season. And just that core group of five there, um, they, they'll rotate in a transfer safety, Devonnie Reed as well. But that core group of five has been really solid over this three, four game stretch. Just curious, uh, again, we're talking with Caleb Alexander from Gamecock Scoop, covers uh, South Carolina for the Rivals Network. Just curious, I mean, is this ahead of schedule for what you thought Shane Beamer was going to do at, at South Carolina? I mean, I just hey, watching social media, listening to his press conferences, he's a charismatic guy. Uh, he's recruited relatively well, but is this a year sooner than even maybe South Carolina people expected this? Yeah, I mean, I think that there was definitely some optimism heading into this season because of um, what they got out of the transfer portal. And a lot of that was on Spencer Rattler's shoulders. There was a little bit of concern, actually, running back with Kevin Harris and um, Zaquanji White both going into the NFL after last season. So him stepping up has made a big difference there. Uh, but yeah, I would say definitely still ahead of schedule. Now you you have to you know, win these next two winnable games to actually show on paper that you've taken a step forward from seven and six last year. Um, and I also will say that, especially on the defense and the defensive line, um, there was the cupboard wasn't necessarily bare, but a lot of uh, four or five stars like Jordan Birch and Zach Pickens hadn't really fully stepped up. And it seems like over the course of this season, they're finally kind of uh, fully stepping into their potential. And um, I think that's been a big factor, too, because obviously, I mean, the two safeties that I mentioned are guys that Beamer recruited. Um, but obviously, a lot of the success that they're going to have right now is still with Muschamp's guys, and they're still trying to turn over things, recruiting guys. Um, but yeah, I, I would say ahead of schedule, but not totally out of left field if local media that was paying attention to like uh, the transfer portal and stuff last year we're being honest uh it's it's homecoming for south carolina this week is it is it not it the 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 crowd last week looked incredible uh for for that game how do you expect the crowd to show out you know this week you know uh, i know coach drink was talking about the number of false starts and delay of games that texas a&m had you know just because of crowd noise you know same thing this week or even more or you know better 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to to beat that crowd last week. Um, I think that there was some extra oomph behind it because South Carolina had never beat Texas A&M. It's a, it's a night game. Um, but I'm expecting a, another sellout or, or near sellout. I'm expecting, you know, 4 p.m. kickoff. So I'm expecting things to still be pretty rowdy. And like you said, there were eight false starts last, last week. That And I would attribute most of those to the crowd if you actually go back and watch the plays that they occurred on. Um, there was a botched snap early in the game where the center um, snapped it early, like thought he had heard a cadence or something, and that resulted in a fumble that South Carolina uh, scored a touchdown on on the next drive. So um, the crowd was definitely a factor, and I would expect them to be a factor again today. I mean, again, this week for sure. Last thing for me, Caleb, you've, you've mentioned Spencer Rattler a few times. There was like a 24-hour window where we thought Missouri might be kind of dallying with Rattler. He is one of the more fascinating guys in the country from the, you know, the, the TV appearances before he ever got to college to the Oklahoma experience to uh, you know, I mean, I, I remember before last season, there were people saying, Hey, he's a Heisman candidate and the number one pick in the NFL draft. And now he's 12 of 27 at South Carolina. You know, what, what's the South, what's the Spencer Rattler experience been like? And, uh, you know, just it just what's it what's it like covering him and 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 for lack of any way better way to say it, how good is he? Yeah, I mean that's been an interesting thing to try to figure out. Um, early in the seasons on our podcast, uh, GamecockScoop.com podcast, we talked a lot about um, slowly realizing what the frustrations at Oklahoma were um, because he makes some incredible throws, like. Uh, there's a couple of highlights throughout the season. I'm sure you can go back and find that you're just like South Carolina hasn't had a quarterback that can make that throw and maybe ever, <laughs> um, you know, Steven Garcia. I don't know. Um, it's It's been a long time. And the problem is almost always on those drives, um, he would make an incredible throw and then make like a very boneheaded decision where that results in an interception, something like that. And from what I can tell, he's struggling through his to, to to go through his progressions quickly so if his first guy's there first reads there no problem and he can make all the throws all over the field um but he seems to get a little bit uh happy footed i guess when that first guy is not there and something that a lot of the broadcasts have been talking about too is instead of stepping up into the pocket he often tries to escape the pocket and then he's running himself into trouble there um and even some of the the completions that he does make he's making him a little bit late because he's just taking a while to get through those progressions. So it's definitely been a uh, mixed bag. Now I, I, I think you can depend on him better than any of the four that they rotated through last year. So that's definitely a step up. Um, and he's been good for a few plays per game that you're just like, wow, that was an incredible throw. He fit that into a window that, you know, not many quarterbacks can do, but on the mental side, I think that there has been, um, some frustrations for sure as you watch them. And I, and it, there's also some frustrations with the offensive coordinator and it's kind of been difficult to tell at times if it's a, if it's a wrong play call, it's a wrong read. Now you're That's, speaking our language. I was about to say, that sounds like something uh, we we've seen a good amount of. Last thing for me is I think uh, it was one, I want to say the last three straight. So just kind of like Texas A&M, you know, how they didn't beat them. Is that something that they're thinking about on top of its homecoming and they got the beat up Texas a Is that something they're thinking about too? Or 
Yeah, so Beamer's tried to downplay the Kentucky streak and the Texas A&M streak and the Missouri streak so far, but um, he's also seemed to, in the postgame, sort of mention them. And uh, it, it seems like it's something that they don't want to like outwardly portray as a big deal, but I'm. it seems like it's something that they're talking about in the locker room. Um, I know that for South Carolina fans in particular, this feels like a scary moment because over the pretty much since Spurrier left, there's been these opportunities where you feel like you get a little bit of momentum going. And then this is like a prime place to fall in your face. Um, and Missouri, I mean, if you don't, if you don't play uh, your best game, I, def, I maybe even if you do play your best game, I think that they're going to make this difficult. I, I, I see this being a close game. Um, I, I see Missouri's, defensive line uh giving south carolina some trouble just like they did last year and yeah i mean it's gonna be a a fun one to watch i think i I don't expect anything to be easy uh you know i've been following south carolina for too long to ever expect anything to be easy uh caleb mizzou fans have made this trip uh, some of them have made this trip quite a few times i've always said i think it's the most underrated game day in the sec i i love what going to to williams bryce but for any of our listeners, subscribers who are going for the first time, just give me a quick Friday night recommendation. And then, hey, it's a three o'clock game or four o'clock game there, I guess. So, uh, you know, kind of a Saturday pregame recommendation. Where should they go? What, what do they need to see? Yeah, so I actually am out of state, so I only get to go for a couple per year. But um, the Friday night, if you are if you can get a reservation, which you should check now, um, Hall's Chop House has really, really great steak. You're going to pay for it, but worth it. Um, and then Saturday, honestly, I, I, I think all around the campus, uh, you can't really go wrong. The, the, the weird thing about williams Bryce, for those of you that haven't been, um, is it's not too near the downtown. Um, right. So there's not a ton of bars and stuff right at williams Bryce, but the tailgating environment is going to be really good, good. So just pop around, make some friends. That's the way to go. All right, Caleb, appreciate your time, man. Thanks a ton, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens on Saturday. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. All right, have a good one. That's uh, Caleb Alexander, GamecockScoop.com. Covers South Carolina for the Rivals Network, just as Gerard and I do Missouri. And I uh, want to say uh, we've got some some questions and comments built up. And if you guys are watching live and, and have some, feel free to, to throw them in there. And we'll get to those uh, in, in a second after this. Just uh, I, I don't know, Gerard, I, I look at this and I understand why every Missouri fan thinks, hey, this is a winnable game. It absolutely is a winnable game. But also Missouri's going to have to go prove they can actually do this against a team that's not Vanderbilt. Yeah, something I was just thinking, you know, maybe like 30, 40 minutes ago before the show started was this game with Texas A&M. I mean, I was watching the highlights before we got on, and I know I seen uh, uh, after that game Saturday, Beamer was saying, you know, you guys tried to give it away, but you didn't, and and they ultimately got the win. And something I've been thinking about with Mizzou lately is they almost gave it away versus Vandy. Um, They did give it away versus Auburn. And Florida tried to give it away, and they couldn't, you know, Mizzou couldn't capitalize and get it. So with all these near misses in the one-possession games or the close calls, that that's what makes me skeptical, although this is very much a winnable game. Yeah, I mean, it, 
you know, it's easy to make the argument South Carolina's won games because other teams have made mistakes. That's also not something that should really make you feel better if you're a Mizzou fan because all they've done is make mistakes this year. You know, I mean, at at the worst possible time. So I get a Mizzou fan that's looking at this and saying it's winnable. It's absolutely winnable. But it's not winnable if Missouri's the team we've seen for the last five weeks. Yeah. I, defense at this point, it's not – you're not even – it feels like we're just talking about one one, and sometimes two with special teams, but it feels like we're just talking about one side of the ball. We, if the, if the offense shows up or is just, you know, can just hang with, you know, whoever they're going against and they're not punting six, seven times in a row like they did versus Auburn or turnover after turnover like K-State, I mean, they could win. Again, we say this every week, they probably would be where South Carolina is. They're a top 25 team, so mm-hmm. – that's that's the line they're on. All right. So before we get to the comments and the questions, I just have to say we're getting a lot of comments about your haircut, man. Oh, so well man. done, I guess. Nobody nobody ever compliments my hair on this oh, show. There's man. not that I much of it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, I cut off the side, you know. I did find a barber. I did find a barber. I don't, you know what? I'm gonna tell them about this. I'm gonna tell them about this. All right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it at that though. I don't want this to go too long, but I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. No, feel free, man. I mean, yeah. hey, maybe your barber could be a sponsor of our show. Like, if you want to give I, him some love. Oh, man, forever faded. It's IV ever faded. Um, nah, it's, a, it's, it's a good spot. I found it a, a few weeks ago. Um, somebody on here, I'm sorry that I'm forgetting your name right now, but someone DM'd me when I first came and swore in the barbershops they listed. So, no, it's it's a great spot. I, I cut off the burn. I just, I just can't do the routine I would like to do to keep it up and flowing like Gabe's. I can't do that on the road. So I was just like, let me just cut it off and get the goatee. But I appreciate y'all appreciating my haircut. There you go. Everybody notices, man. It's, uh, it's, it's wild what people pay attention to. So uh, let's, let's get to questions and comments. Uh, I know this is not a gambling site. I, I mean, Hey, babe, you know, we'll give out advice. We don't promise it's going to be any good, but feel free. Uh, how in the world is the spread so low? Is Vegas really expecting Mizzou's defense to pitch a shutout? Look, I mean, the truth is Missouri's played four SEC games and they've all been within a touchdown. So I, the spread should be within a touchdown, right? What is the what is the spread? I, I South Carolina by somewhere around five. That's about right. That's yeah. about right. I mean, I mean, Missouri plays everybody close. I, they don't Missouri usually win, so it should be South Carolina by a few. I mean, sorry. Ooh, I, I think my prediction uh, is maybe like four points, maybe, okay. or something like that. Right so, down. yeah, but then again, if it was seven, I'd be so much, much so much better. I don't know. What's the over-under? Do you know that? I don't know that off the top of my head. I'm sure somebody will tell us in the comments. I I don't know the over under, but here's my here's my kind of somewhere in the back of my head concern about this game. I've seen a lot of teams that are good on one side of the ball and not good on the other side of the ball, and it causes mm-hmm. them to lose games, right? Whether that's a an offensive team that wins 41-38 every week or a defensive team that that loses or I mean that loses 41-38 or a defensive team that loses 14-10, whatever. If you've got one side of the ball that's pretty good and one side of the ball that's pretty bad and you're losing games, 
eventually the dam breaks. And like, I am, I'm looking in this game. If we get to halftime and it's like seven, six South Carolina, I'm looking for the moment where the Missouri defense just says, we can't do this anymore, man. Like we not, not like a conscious we quit moment. Right. But just like, it's impossible to be perfect enough for this offense to win games. And eventually the floodgates open a little bit. And there's just a day where it just, it it goes, it, it goes wrong because the defense can't keep doing this. And, I think there's a chance that that that's coming for this team. I do think it's it's important to note that defensive coordinator, uh, defensive coordinator Blake Baker, he uh, forty six and a half. Yeah, that seems. I mean, that's basically saying uh, they expect what twenty six twenty one South Carolina. I'm going to say, I'll That's take a lot the of points for Missouri, man. I was about to say, I'll take the under on this one. I'll take the under yeah. on this one. Uh, yeah. But back to what we are saying, uh, Blake Baker, somebody asked him a question and it was either you or Dave and you guys asked kind of like, you guys got to basically be perfect on defense. You know, is that kind of go why until he's so impressed with the team and he wasn't trying to make it seem like, oh yeah, we got to be perfect, but right. he's so he's, this team defensively is probably ahead of where he thought they'd be. And because they keep be getting put in these situations time and time again, he's like, yeah, man, I mean, we gave up an 80-yard touchdown, but what else can we do type of thing? And so you're right. And it's to the point where i seen it actually after uh, the strip fumble versus Vandy. You could kind of feel it. I mean, even before that 80-yard touchdown, you kind of feel mm-hmm. the defense going from, like, stout to a little bit of a – just a little bit of a bend-don't-break type of thing where it's just like, man, okay, we're back on the field, back on the field. Yep. Um, and what did Baker say? It was Abilene Christian. He said, I, was like, I think, like, after the K-State game, there was a little yeah, bit of yeah. kind of feeling sorry for themselves, maybe. Yeah, he said, well, he said there was a feeling sorry for himself. And then he said after Abilene Christian, that's their come to G's moment. Like, we don't want to play that way. We want to play, like, the second half of Auburn and what everybody's seen going forward. And it's so great that they have confidence. But you're right. If this game is close, because, again, we said it all last week, they should have beat Vanderbilt by a lot more, and they should have put up at least 28, probably much more. Yeah, and and I want to be clear, like, nobody on the defense has publicly pointed any fingers. They've all said all the right things and all that. But guys, what's said at the podium, like, uh, we can read, we we know, can read it between the lines. Right, we, we, we know we what this it. is. I mean, we, you guys have all been around teams, whether it's public or not, there's some, come on, man, you guys got to pull some of this weight. Like, we are wearing ourselves out pulling all this weight, and we can't do it for 12 straight weeks. So, like, at some point, Missouri's offense has to be the reason they win a game. And whether that's this week or next week, or I don't think it's going to be against Tennessee because if Missouri's offense is the reason it wins against Tennessee, that's going to be the shocker of the season right there. But I'm just saying, like, this cannot be a one-sided effort all year long and work. And something else I was thinking about the other day, we've said from the beginning, Brady Cook isn't going to win your games or lose your games. But I've noticed, like, he hasn't – so he didn't win them the game at Vandy, which was very close. Um, 
he's been a reason like in Auburn, he had a bad game, but he got him in a position to win, but they still lost. Uh, versus Florida, he was kind I of – I might argue league. he lost the Florida game. Yeah, That's what I was about to say. Versus Florida, he had a good game, but he had two very bad moments that arguably lost in the game. We haven't seen him be the reason now. Like all these different ones, we haven't seen him be the reason why they won. It's either almost but didn't, or you had an okay game, but it was just bad, you know, so – that's that's the only thing left for him to check off at this point. I mean, it's it, it, it at times watching this Missouri team, I felt like the offense gets together on the sideline and says, "All right, what's the one thing we absolutely can't do on this drive? Let's go Penalty, do that interception, yeah. yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> I, oh, we got we got a ten point lead, and all we got to do is not give the ball away. Yo, let's go fumble on the twenty. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's wild." Um, and, and did you think, Gabe, what is it? It's a week. We're going into week nine. Two months ago, you just – you and Cody Schrader, it, it just wasn't this. And now he is, he is the most consistent – He's a starting running back. Yes, he is the feature back of this team going forward. So and, – and that's the right decision. It is. Uh, based on what we've seen, it is. I, I mean, I – look, I'll be honest. I don't know what the hell has happened to B.J. Harris. Um, I don't know why Tavoris Jones can't see the field. But of the guys we've seen run the football, yeah, Cody Schrader's the best guy. Uh, you mentioned quarterback, so I'm going with questions a little out of order, but we'll hit this. Uh, Matt Hunt Brinker says, chances of another quarterback getting a series in this game, chances of another quarterback getting the start against Kentucky if they lose to South Carolina. So, like, here's the situation, in my opinion. Brady Cook's the starting quarterback. Jack Abraham's the, the backup, and... I don't know. Sam Horn might play at some point. He might not. I don't really know at this point. Yeah, I mean, drink explicitly telling you guys, you know, I'm not going to tell you who the backup is. I mean, I but uh, yeah, I think Jack Abraham's the backup. I do think Sam playing in this game. I mean, if he didn't play him last week, how's he going to play him this week? I understand. I don't know. Do you not feel like at this point, though, I'm not gonna say he's he's gonna force not it. In this game. He's trying to angle it just to let not him in this play. game on the road. I don't think. That's, nah. I just I I mean not even have a package set last week. I don't see how this week is the week he plays. Uh, I, I are we not counting? Are we not counting when uh, drink those Tyler making in there for the penalties? You don't think he can get <laughs> right? Right. I mean. You know who I want to see a quarterback? I want to see Luther Burden at quarterback again. What the hell happened yeah. to the Wildcat? Why, so, yes, why did that quit being a thing? Somebody made an excellent point. This is the whole reason I asked that question about the, the QB draw thing and the four-minute offenses. If you're going to run a QB draw with Brady Cook, you know, at his own 25-yard line to start these final possessions, why aren't you just uh, running Luther, Luther Burden in the Wildcat as the QB uh, I forgot who who sent me that, so I apologize. But that makes a very great point. Yeah, they should just bring that back. Yeah. Uh, David Carnell says, both teams will be trying not to make a mistake. Do you think the advantage is to Mizzou's secondary or South Carolina's secondary? I mean, I, I'm i not going to pretend to have studied South Carolina a lot. Um, I think you probably know a little more about them than I do at this point. Uh, Secondary-wise, I don't know. Which group do you like better? See, I was about to say, I was going to say the same thing for you, and I felt bad that they've got. I felt bad that they got a, a first round defensive back that I don't know. I don't. 
typically start my preview stuff until Thursdays. So I haven't got to look at, you know, who's the guys or whatever besides, you know, Spencer Rattler or whoever we know. But it depends who's on the field at, as long. If the offense of Mizzou is punting this ball and, you know, turnovers all the time, then it's going to benefit South Carolina secondary, you know. I just, yeah. just feel like who's going to have the stamina, basically. Yeah. Uh, comes down to which offense makes more mistakes. Kyle McCormick says, I, in the end, I agree. And like, look, if you look at the numbers, Spencer Rattler and Brady Cook are pretty similar. Like they've had pretty similar years. Uh, South Carolina special teams has been good. Uh, Missouri has been okay. Mostly. I, I mean, they made a few mistakes here and there. It hadn't been awful. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. Missouri's offense has to show, I don't even think it has to show, hey, we can go out and score 30 or whatever. They just have to show they can quit shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. I'd be satisfied I mean, with that. That that's that's about it. I do think special teams will be emphasized more, not only because South Carolina is doing so well on special teams, starting off with the kick return for a touchdown last game. But the blunder that happened with Mizzou, with the with the, I haven't never off, seen. Yeah. I've never seen that unless it was batted. I've never seen that a <laughs> kickoff when you recover it, and it's not like an onside kick. And, and then you got Harrison Mevis who missed another kick. I mean, it didn't mean nothing. Most of his kicks he's missed haven't meant nothing. Obviously, right. the one at Auburn, but you're gonna need those points and just the fielding. They've had a number of punts this year that kind of went for like a you know, a nice return or even one for a touchdown. So they're going to have to tighten up special teams. I feel like that's going to be just as important. Yeah. Uh, Mo football says I'd rather just run the ball off tackle all game long than throws behind the line of scrimmage. And so this brings up kind of a point and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of start to wrap it up on this. Um, I said mid second or mid third quarter last week, Missouri should just run the ball three times punt and they're going to win this game. Like, Drinkwitz made a big deal in fall camp about I went into bunker mode last year and I can't do that. I got to let these guys run the offense and throw the football around. I think he thought he had the offense that could do that. Seven weeks in, it's pretty obvious he does not have the offense that can do that. Missouri's best chance at six might be just be super conservative and trust this defense and hope to win game 17-14. The problem with that is it won't get anybody excited. Like you'll get to the end of this year, even if that approach gets you to six and six, people will get to the end of this year and go, what should I feel good about next year? Like why, why, why should I be positive? So it's a tough spot to be in. Like you're trying to maximize this year, but also you got to give some fans reasons to hope. You know, this is before I got on here. I, I have a, a group chat with some buddies who, who are Carolina Panthers fans, and okay. they're talking about being 2-0 in the division, and obviously they're terrible. And I was saying they probably should just tank because even if you win the division with a losing record, there's nothing what, – what does that do for you guys having a lower draft pick knowing you're going to stink? So they are definitely in a, in a, in a toss-up situation, and I want to address something. My, my report card grades, I know you guys are a little – you know, a little excited about that. That's cool. Um, but this is why I gave Drink an A. It probably should have been a B because it was still too close for my – the reasoning behind that was that second half, as much as he's going to say, oh, it was on me because he's the coach, it was execution. 
I mean, and, execution across the board. And, and, and like, I, I, I answered this question in my mailbag because my initial reaction to those grades was I'd probably have given him a C minus. And then the more I thought about it, no, he actually just did what made them most likely to win that game. That's that's like, what I was It's thinking. ugly, but yeah. that was if, how they were going to win that game. If they ran the ball like you said, like, like you told me during the game, every single play, even if it was three and outs, I would have gave – I would have – again, probably should have been a B because that game was still too close. But I would have given them a, a similar grade just for the fact that he sees his team kind of malfunctioning and he knows he needs to keep – just keep the win. Just keep the win. Don't try to – force it and pass it like he's thought he's had to do to start the season, because what does that do? Now you lost homecoming at home to Vandy because you were trying to force things. So, And, and there are no style points in football. Like at the end of the year, all most people are going to know is against Vandy and Georgia, you went one and one. Like it doesn't matter that you probably should have beat Vandy by a lot more or that Georgia was number one and you only lost by four points. Whatever you went one and one. That's really all that matters. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a short term thing, but yeah. Uh, David Carnell's asking any chance they roll out six linemen and bench the tight end position. I mean, I don't know. You might as well because Armand Mimbo's as big a threat in the pass game as the tight ends are. Yeah, and another thing you guys didn't like, you guys didn't like the, the, the incomplete for the tight end. So maybe I won't do that going forward, but there's a reason behind that. If there's multiple times, Gabe, in a game every week where I'm saying, does Tyler Steven start? Is he playing? Is Cabet out right. there? It's like we're not even noticing the guys out there. And then when we see their PFF grades, it's not like they're doing that great in the run blocking, although we know PFF is up and down. It's they're not doing anything different. So, yeah, probably throwing out Mimbo out there or something would probably help. Yeah. Uh, so we'll wrap it up with our last comment from, from Freeway Jared. And he brings up an interesting point that I, I kind of noticed last night. Uh, I think I asked Realist George, like, is there anything this defense can do better? And he said, yeah, we can score. Bro, anytime oh, your defense starts talking oh, about we got to score points, that ain't good. Somebody said on, on here a few weeks ago about like scoring or something defensive. And he was like, you shouldn't ever rely on the defense to and be you scoring. Can't count on that. And, yeah. and you can't. And so usually when defensive players get that, you know, I thought he was going to say, well, we want to have a shutout. We got to hold teams to no points allowed. What like we just want zero on the board or us not allowing anything. And the fact that he said we've got to score more, I was thinking, uh oh. <laughs> We we gotta score more because the dudes that their job is to score ain't scoring. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think he tried to say it like that. About the same right. time, I know that's what he was thinking. That's that's a true feeling. He was. That's thinking. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, I don't know. Uh, you're you're headed to to Columbia, and like seriously, I, I'll be interested to see what you think. I think it's the most underrated place to watch a game in the SEC. I I love it there. It's it's a great game day. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what you what you think when you come back. Um, I don't know, man. We'll make picks Friday. I haven't officially made mine yet. I can't say I feel hugely optimistic about this one, but that's just where I sit right now. Yeah, I, I think I think because I I did a swap with Caleb. Um, I think I said twenty four twenty. Uh, South Carolina, but then a few minutes ago, I was just thinking, Mizzou. This is a game Mizzou can That's win. That's some offensive fireworks. Mizzou's getting to twenty, man. 
Let's say let's say two <laughs> of those. Are, let's say like two touchdowns and two field goals. There you by go. Meters. I see. Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> something, something around. I, I was going more six field goals in the safety, but uh, but I'm good <laughs> with with your way to go. Yeah, so, something like that. Uh, I don't know. They're gonna like I said earlier after the Auburn game. I'm off this narcotic until they can show me. They got to show me they can put games away. I'm not going to keep saying I'm behind them and then, you know, stuff just falls out from under them. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But but kind of last thought is, I mean, this is, if you want to continue this, hey, they can get to six wins and get to the Gasparilla Bowl, like this is a must. They lose this game, I'm done talking about the chances of getting to six. Yeah, it's hanging on by a third. They're not beating Kentucky and Arkansas. They might be one of them, but they ain't beating both of them. I forgot. That was the – okay, the Arkansas. I was thinking earlier, who's the other game to get them to six even if they did win this game? New Mexico State. New Mexico State. Yeah, I remember that one, but Arkansas. Yeah. I still find um, – this is very five and seven at best still for me. They win this game, I, I may feel a little bit different, but – I don't know it's going to be tough, and it's a road game. You know, that's like their kryptonite. So Hadn't gone well, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I appreciate everybody who uh, spent a little of their Wednesday afternoon hanging out with us. Uh, like us, share us on social media, subscribe to the channel, do all those things that let more people know about us. And even if you don't like us and don't want to let more people know about us, let them know about James Carlton State Farm Insurance in Webster Groves, Missouri. Anywhere in the state of Missouri or Illinois, James Carlton wants to be your insurance agent, auto, home, life, whatever needs you have. If you're just looking, hey, is it possible I might be able to save a few bucks on my insurance premium every month? Get in touch with James at carltoninsurance.net by phone at 314-961-4800. If you're watching on live on video or on the replay, his information's been scrolling across the bottom of the screen throughout uh if you were on the podcast hey just rewind about 30 seconds write down that number and get in touch with james if your insurance costs a leg and an arm james carlton state farm is the place to go so appreciate you guys joining us uh gerard headed to the other columbia on friday and we will see you guys post game saturday evening thanks for hanging out